Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back once again to Flea Clicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and I know we did we did a episode a few hours ago, but again, like I've said before, and I'll continue to say it, we knock out these episodes as best as we can because of you know work schedule. I usually work in the evenings, but I have the day off. Uh, got to work tomorrow. I'll be off again Thursday, so hopefully I'll be able to knock out another episode, an episode at least on Thursday. But again, like I said, we try to we try my I try my very best to push these out as best as I can. Um, again, for those who join for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so, and please invite your families, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, coworkers, your dog, your cat, whatever pets you might have. Um, please invite them all in. Um, as I said here recently, as as of a couple episodes ago, um, I had, it seems like I reached out at least to a couple more people, which is which is great. Uh, I'm glad to certainly hear this. Um, picked up some viewers from Mexico, Brazil, so we're getting out there. We're getting out there. We're pushing it slowly but surely. We're pushing it. Um, for those who've been here from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so, and please continue to come on back. Invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, neighbors, coworkers. Whomever else you need to invite, please bring them on in. Certainly, um, if you got any questions for me, I am on Facebook. As I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, um, I'm no longer on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter account was hacked, so I had to get off of that. And as of right now, I'm just doing nothing but Facebook. Again, if you don't do, if you don't listen to Anchor, I am on you know Spotify, Heart Radio, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm on these stations, so uh, there's a few more out there that I that I'm on as well. Radio Public is another one that I'm on as well. So again, if you don't listen to Anchor, there I'm on other other you know podcast other you know outlets, and certainly I want to say um, if you don't, please listen to me over there. Um, Again, I want to say, you know, thank you for, you know, listening and joining me. And, uh, again, we are certainly, I'm, we're way over the 100 episode mark, which is, I never thought I'd get to this point, but we are here. Um, but again, if you have any questions, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I will do the best I ever I can to answer your question. If you've got any questions for me to answer, fantasy football tips, whatever the case might be, um, a subject that you might want me to bring up on, um, I will do the best I can to certainly bring that up. And uh, there's certainly a lot of things going on in the world of football, and certainly there's things we can certainly cover and try to cover and you know get to co- get to covering. Um, but enough of that. Enough of that. We have talked enough. Let's let's jump into what we were here to talk about in football. And let's talk about the very let's talk about the very first thing. Let's talk about and I'll, we'll call it a New York State of Mind. And for those who know what New York State of Mind is, and for viewers that certainly knew what I'm talking about, is if you know who Billy Joel is, and if I have any young viewers, I'm sure you probably don't know who Billy Joel is, but if you do, yeah, Google, yeah, Google uh, Billy Joel. Uh, Billy Joel is a musician who's been around for many, many years, great piano player, and he had a song, New York State of Mind, which I think was done back in the 70s. I might be wrong, and somebody can probably correct me on that. Um, I do have, like, a, a Billy Joel Grace's album. Uh, Billy Joel is a tremendous artist. Um, 
But enough of that. I mean, that's where the title New York State of Mind comes from. And let's talk about New York in general. Let's talk about the Giants and the Jets. And both of them, as surprising as it is, both of them have winning records. That's hard. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe. I know the the football, the New York football Giants and the Jets have had have been struggling for you know for quite a few years. But now things things have certainly changed around. Now for the New York Giants, they are four and one, which a lot of people thought they would be the worst team probably in the division. A lot of people, Philadelphia and Dallas, were the top two teams, which they kind of are the top two teams still in the NFC East. But the Giants are right, are right there. Now the Giants give the devil its due. They're kind of doing it with uh, smoke and mirrors in a nutshell. Um, they don't really have the best. How can I say? They don't have like the best staff in the world. I mean, the best as far as players go. They don't have like the best, the most top talented players. Uh, again, the new coaching, the new coach, the new gym is coming in. They have to put up a lot of the old players that were drafted by, you know, by David by David Guterman. That's what they've had to, they've had to deal with, and you know they've they've done their best to get rid of some of those players. They've got some of those players around, but again, with the Giants, as we all know, it has been smoke and mirrors. Um, Daniel Jones, who hasn't really lit the world on fire, but they are four and one with him under his you know, under his belt. He's four and one with Daniel Jones now. Certainly, Daniel Jones will not be compared to the Patrick Mahomes of the world or. Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or so forth and so forth. Yeah, he will not do compare to those guys. And he really hasn't, let's say, lit the world on fire. But for some reason, he has steadied the ship and they're at 4 and 1. Barkley has returned to what Barkley looked like in his rookie year. He's looked exceptionally well. And people know that Barkley is the offense, to be honest with you. The receiving core, we talked about the receiving core, I think, in the last, in the last episode. It's it's hard to figure out who is the wide receiver. Uh, Kenny Calday, he again once again is hurt, and there's been rumors running around that he could be trade bait if somebody would take the contract, some of the money off of the Giants' hands. Sterling Shepard, who was the number one receiver until he towards ACL, he's now out for the year. This is the second year in a row that Sterling is out. He took actually a pay cut to come back to the Giants. Uh, Tony, who was the number one draft pick a couple years ago, he has not. I believe, excuse me, last year, I should say, he really hasn't produced as much. And again, I mean, again, the best receiver right now seems to be Darius Slayton, the man who, matter of fact, they were all come very close to releasing, but they brought him back under reduced salary. And now he seems to be the number one weapon. And now you've got, it seems like you have Tom, Dick, and Harry that are actually being the receiver, so... It's who, yeah, who is, yeah, who is the receiving core? Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's the receivers for the Giants. That's kind of the way it has been. Uh, the offensive line, it's still not there yet. They have done, they've done a job on the tackle positions with Neil and Thomas for the last couple of years. They've at least tried to get that situated, but still, the interior line still has got some work to be done before it's completely, you know, decent enough. Now, the defense, the defense has had its moments where it's played well, then it's got moments when it's blown out. But again, you know, the Giants, I mean, I mean it's it's a new attitude with the Giants. Basically, it, it's it's not the talent pool, because some of the talent pool is not top of the line. The new coaching staff, Brian Driscoll, who was, of course, with the offensive coordinator 
for the Buffalo Bills and the one that got Josh Allen up and running. It's it's a credit to him and his coaching staff to come in and get this team to even be four and one after five games. To me, he could very he to me right now he's probably the leading candidate for a coach of the year. But I don't think the uh, let's be honest, the Giants are not gonna go sixteen and one. I don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen in a million years. Um, eventually, they're gonna run up against they're gonna run up against a a high potent. They're gonna run up against a team, whether you know a team at some point in time. They're going to have to play the Philadelphia Eagles at some point in time. They're going to have to play the Cowboys at some point in time. And I think reality will come in and reality will set in as far as that goes. And those other teams are in a schedule that will probably, you know, have potent offenses. And again, it's going to settle in. It's going to settle in at some point in time. But to give the Giants the devil to do, again, they have waved a magic wand and this is what they and this is what they've gotten to to a point. So to me it's a hats off to the it's a hats off to the coaching staff, the job they're doing. Because again, as we said, the talent is not there. But again, it will get very interesting moving forward. It'll be interesting to see if the Giants can continue to wave that magic wand and uh continue to, you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat and see if they continue to do so. But for the Giants it gets to be very interesting to say the least as to what they are capable of doing moving forward. They certainly have thrown a, a monkey wrench into some people's plans. I think they upset the Green Bay Packers, which I, like a lot of people, didn't think they could beat the Green Bay Packers. I thought the Packers would uh, beat them because of the offense, just simply because of the offense. Uh, the Packers have a pretty decent defense, an underrated defense. and um, But again, they found a way that they found a, they found a way to win of uh, the Green Bay's run defense at time is questionable. Barkley had a pretty decent game. It's not like Daniel Jones went out there and lit the world on fire, but he did. But they did. He did well enough. He did well enough, and uh, there were some pass plays where you would scratch your head and wonder why he did that. And there's some times where he's at the he's at the couple of nice passes. I know one to Darius Slayton. He's at the nice little pass to Darius Slayton going down the field. So again. Again, this is a point in time where it's the coaching staff that has done has done the job. And you have to wonder is how come this coaching staff, you know, got you know, how does how come this coaching staff was able to get the job done, at least in the first five games, than other previous coaching staffs that couldn't Joe Judge could you know, could not could not get the job done. Yeah, you know, Ben McAdoo could not get the job done. But here's a guy that steps in first year, first five games, he needs to be doing something right. Again, it's interesting to see moving forward whether the talent, to me at the end of the day, I think for the Giants, it's a nice start for the Giants fans. It's a step in the right direction, but it's going to be the talent. To me, I don't know if it's so much the coach that can the talent continue to move along. Now, the Giants are 4-1, but again, do the Giants continue to have the mental mindset to say, hey, you know, we're playing right now, let's continue to move right along? Or do you think, or do you think, do you look down the road and say, well, can I get Kenny Colley off my off my team? Can I get this player off my team? Can I get that player off my team? You have to wonder, could that possibly come about, even though they're 4-1? 
again, you, you never know, but for right now, the Giants are doing something right. And again, they don't have the greatest talent in the world. Just admit that. But the bottom line is they're figuring out how to, how to win. But as time goes on, we will see if the coach and the coaching staff, the coaches have to get these players ready to continue to maybe pull off a few more upsets. Now we'll go from, let's say, one New York team to the other New York team. Let's talk about the New York Jets. Now the Jets, an offensive explosion as they beat up on the Miami Dolphins. Now the Miami Dolphins have had some issues. First one with Tua's concussion. Teddy Bridgewater, the man that was supposed to replace Tua, he got hurt. Yes, he went down to your third string, tie, not your third string tight, excuse me, your third string quarterback, Skylar Thompson from Kansas State. And he was certainly not prepared, not prepared at all. For the Jets, for the reason the Jets put up 40 points on the board, who would have thought that? Again, the breakout game came from Bryce Hall. Again, Bryce, again, it seems like, you know, these draft, these draft picks the Jets had the past couple of years, they're starting to pan out a little bit. Bryce Hall panned out. Sauce Gardner had a good, you know, had a good, had a good game. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, Garrett Wilson, he was, you know, he played pretty good ball. He played pretty good ball the first couple of games of the season. He did get hurt. He's back. Uh, Elijah Moore drafted a couple, you know, drafted a couple of years ago. Elijah's been playing very well himself. Now, again, Michael Carter drafted last year. Again, it finally, when you start drafting and drafting and drafting, one of these days, your team is seeing it's got to get, it's got to get better, right? The biggest thing is Zach Wilson. It can't. Yeah, Zach Wilson did look pretty well against Miami, but again, can Zach Wilson continue that momentum go, moving going forward? That's going to be a situation. Um, now you got Bryce Hall, Michael Carter. I do like the one-two punch. It seems like Bryce Hall now seems to be kind of taking over, but don't count Michael Carter out. Uh, for fantasy football owners, I know Bryce Hall went off. And you think, oh my gosh, you know, I, I got to give him a trade, but I'm glad I got him on the team. The concern about that would be is Michael Carter got the touchdowns. Was near the goal line, got the touchdowns, not by song. Always, you, you got to keep that in mind. You know, but the receiving core, I mean, there was Corey, Corey, Corey Davis caught a few balls this game. Elijah Moore, you got like Wilson, uh, Barros, uh, he, I believe he got a touchdown this past week as well. Um, again, Weapons. I mean, you've got a couple of decent tight ends. Again, again, the biggest thing I think the Jets was going to be the defense. The defense. I mean, the defense. I mean, Gardner's played well. Defense played well against Miami, but in the end, you were down to your third string quarterback. Again, I'm interested to see the Giants, the Jets. Excuse me, moving forward, if they play against. Yeah, let let's see how that what they do against a high potent team like the Buffalo Bills. They got to face them. Twice, it's interesting to see can they handle them? If they run some, uh, yeah, can they run some all AFC teams? Let's say if if you're the Raiders or the Chargers, if you run to the Chiefs, stuff like that. Can yeah, can that can that defense hold up against people like that? And I think that's going to be an issue moving forward with the Jets. But the Jets, you know, are three and two, and a winning record is a winning record. No matter how you slice it or dice it. But I'm interested to see moving forward can Zach Wilson continue to improve on his quarterback play. He did look he he looked well yesterday. He looked well against the Miami defense, who coming into the season supposed to have a pretty decent defense, but it's kind of it's been getting ripped apart. It's got ripped apart at, at uh 
had his troubles against the Cincinnati Bengals on a Thursday night. They came back, and again, again, the Jets looked even better offensively. So again, it's it, it's a it's a it's an interesting thing that the Jets they're you know again maybe maybe the Jets are finally getting it right. But again, with the Jets moving forward, is can is Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson the answer quarterback? You know the thing is the, the running back situation is not bad. Can the offensive line stay healthy and stay healthy? The Jets had some offensive line issues, health issues. Uh, they've had some you know. They've done some patchwork on the offensive line. Again, that's a concern. I like to see if you move forward into twenty or twenty, you know, two thousand twenty-three. Well, yeah, can the Jets, you know, get better? I mean, can they get better? Again, they're in a division where Buffalo is the top of the class. Now, a lot of people thought Miami. They've struggled a little bit lately. New England. New England does not, you know, does not, you know, like, you know, New England played very well against a hot, potent Detroit Lions. Offense defensively played well. Bailey Zappi, the third string quarterback, played well actually. I mean, can the Jets go in to beat New England? You know, the way Miami is struggling right now, they already beat Miami. But can the Jets are no longer the proverbial laughing stock that you go into and say, hey, we're playing the Jets this week? Man, that's an easy win. You can't say that. Go ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. I bet you deep down inside they probably thought the same thing. But what happened? The Jets beat them. Again, you know, again, they also got to remember Joe Flacco did a pretty decent job in, in, in his backup role. Again, he kept the ship steady. And then here's Zach Wilson. Now, can Zach Wilson continue continue along those same lines? That's going to be to be seen. Can Bryce Saul Michael Carter continue to be a good one-two punch? Yeah, uh, you know, their receiving core is not bad. Can they continue to gel? I mean, offensively, offensively, the ship is kind of going in the right direction. It all depends on one Zach Wilson. Can Zach Wilson continue to, to improve? And that's going to be the biggest issue. Defensively, the defense still needs a little, it still needs work. They've got to certainly improve on that side of the football. That's their biggest kick. Can they improve? And I think that's something you've got a, a head coach that was a defensive coordinator. That is something that he should be able to somehow correct. But we'll see in time if the Jets can correct that defense. That is that is that is certainly the issue that needs to be corrected. And offensive side of the ball, can Zach Wilson improve? Those are two issues with the Jets. But for right now, the Jets are at least three and two. They are competitive. They're not they're not nobody's laughing stock anymore. And you know, maybe the Jets could be another good draft away from being a playoff team. Now, I know that sounds laughable and sounds kind of funny to say, and, but again, when the regular season, when the season began, nobody thought nobody thought that at all. And for the last several years, nobody's thought that. Well, maybe now, maybe now, the Jets continue to prove another draft. Whether Now, whether they catch up to the Buffalo Bills, I don't know about that. Miami, Miami continues to struggle. You don't know who's going to quarterback this week. Will it be Thompson again? Will Bridgewater be able to play, and I know Tua is still, who knows, weeks away, whatever the case might be with Tua. But again, are they better, are the Jets better than Miami? I don't think they are, but again, they blew Miami out. So it gets to be very inter interesting moving forward. But again, 
The Jets are three and two. And again, the Giants, guess what? They're four and one. Certainly we're in the New York state of mind. And for the New York, New York faithful, whether you're a Jets fan or a Giant fan, you gotta like what you see, at least thus far, in the first five weeks. But of course we still got what, twelve more weeks to go. And we'll see the Jets or Giants. Now wouldn't it be a kicker for some crazy, unexplained reason and maybe how this world is? Can you see the Giants and the Jets in the playoffs? be interesting. Maybe one of these days you'll get to see Jets, Giants Super Bowl. No, maybe not right now. But it would be an inter- be, be an interesting thought. Who would think maybe the Jets and the Giants in the playoffs this year? I'm not going to be, don't hold me to that prediction. I'm not going to say that. Again, like I said, we got weeks. We still got many, many more weeks to go. Anything can happen in the NFL season. We all know that. But for New York fans, whether you're a Jet fan or a Giant fan, you certainly got to like the way things are looking right now. Now, one team we got to talk about is a team that actually the Jets beat a couple of weeks ago, a team that took a big L, ticket got crushed by the Buffalo Bills, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, <laughs> granted, I'll be, and again, when I started this podcast, I had to be, I promised my viewers that would be unbiased that I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan but if the Bengals look bad I will bash them and I have bashed the Bengals more than I have given them praise now I'll be honest with you I've never been the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan because again they're in the same division and I of course you know for many many years the Pittsburgh Steelers were a very successful franchise I mean after all they were the team of the 70s I mean my gosh I mean I mean the players the players that Pittsburgh probably have in the Hall of Fame are, are endless. As a matter of fact, the Hall of Famers are sitting on one team. You can go from the Bradshaw, the Franco Harris's of the world, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth. I mean, my gosh, Mike Webster, for example. Who can forget me, Joe Green, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Mel Blind, Donnie Shell. I mean, my gosh, and all these were drafted, and these all, you know, now, it would have been interesting if that Pittsburgh Steelers team could have played today. The free agency, the free agency, and all that stuff. I don't know if that would have stayed together. But it was a great job done by, by the staff. You know, Chuck Noll did an outstanding job for so many years coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. you got to give the devil where it is due. And, of course, you know, they did struggle a few years. Along came Bill Counter, and Bill Counter wrote the ship, and he with the ship, got into the playoffs, and they didn't want a super they didn't want a Super Bowl. Finally under his tutelage. Long came Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Again, Mike Tomlin has been a consistent coach in this league for many, many years. And he also got a super, he got a Super Bowl ring as well. Now, here it seems like the last couple of years and certainly this year it's the Pittsburgh Steelers are certainly are certainly struggling. We all knew the quarterback was going to be a problem. Big Ben had gone off to retirement. Now, Big Ben, the last couple of years, has been kind of struggling with injuries. He'd been struggling. He wasn't the Big Ben that you certainly knew and fell in love with. But again, Big Ben was was probably better than Mitchell Trubisky, right? Again, when Ben left, of course, the running game, here came Najee Harris, had a nice little rookie year. And the sky's limit for the young man, which to me, the sky is still limit for the young man. 
the offensive line, which a lot of times over the years had been a pretty decent strong suit for the Steelers, became a weak point for them last year. And again, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they always seem to find that receiver. I mean, you go back to Lynn Swans, John Starworth, what is it, Louis Lips, Heinz Ward, I mean, even Antonio Brown, Plasco Burroughs. I mean, we can go on and on and on about the about the receivers that the Pittsburgh Steelers would pull out of the sky, not pull out of thin air, put them in the you know, put them in there, and they would produce. Now, defensively, the Steelers, everybody remembers the steel curtain. Now, a few years ago, Pittsburgh had one of the better defenses in the league. The last few couple of years, it has fallen it has fallen out of expectations. Now, I know T.J. TJ Watt, the reigning defensive player of the year, the man who came very close to becoming his all-time um, sack leader. Well, you know, he is now hurt. He's, he's out for several more weeks. Um, the defense has kind of struggled to put pressure on him. On, on the offense, is because of T.J. Watt's... T.J. Watt being out. The secondary... Has always been an issue for the Steelers. I mean, the front seven, I've always had, I always liked the front seven, but the back end to me was Pittsburgh's problem. And to me, this past week, when a guy like Gabriel Davis or Gabe Davis gets about catches two or three balls and he goes for a hundred and something and two long touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs, which I know Stephon Diggs is one of the top receivers in the game, no denying that, but if you let guy, but if you let them just go ape on you, and you let you know Josh Allen throw for like four hundred yards, it's 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 a huge issue. It's not the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that I that you've come to come to know. Now, for offensively, Mike Tomlin put Kenny Pickett in there because he wanted to jumpstart the team. Because Mitchell Trubisky was not certainly not the answer. Well, to me, when they signed Mitchell Trubisky to a two-year deal, Mitchell is not going to be the franchise quarterback. Mitchell was to basically to keep the seat warm, so to speak, until Kenny Pickett was ready to roll. Now, yes, they've got Mason Rudolph on the roster, but Mason Rudolph is not the quarterback of the future. Rudolph's name has come up in rumors of trade talks about a team that could use a quarterback. At the, you know, could use a quarterback. I mean, I mean, what about the Miami Dolphins? You don't have to how long Tua's going to be out. Uh, Bridgewater, you don't know if how long he might be out. And to me, Rudolph is probably an upgrade over, over Thompson. He's got a much better arm than Thompson does as well. I mean, but again, there's been rumors that Rudolph was going to certainly be traded at some point. Not saying that he might not get traded, but again, I don't know if I see that happening. And a lot of people are thinking maybe Mason Rudolph could step in and do a better job. But to me, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett is certainly the future for the Steelers now against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have a pretty decent defense for the have a pretty good defense, and there was times that Kenny didn't look that bad at all against a pretty good Buffalo team. Now, granted, they didn't score a lot of points. We got three points, and that was it. But but Kenny, I think, did get over three hundred some yards. Now, you could make an argument that Buffalo's secondary is banged up, dinged up, and three fourths their secondary is out. Is pretty much out because of injuries. If you want to make that case, certainly we can. Certainly we can. We can. You can make that argument. But the rest of the team is, is is pretty healthy, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Kenny got 300-some yards. Now, Kenny didn't make mistakes. He's seen a pretty good rapport with 
Yeah, with a certain George Pickens. Uh, he's seen a, a pretty decent rapport with his receivers. Now, the biggest thing with that is, is Najee Harris, who I'm sure a lot of people in fantasy football drafts draft him as a pretty high pick, high pick. He has been a, he has not played well at all. And that is because of the struggles of the passing game under Mitchell Trubisky. And the offensive line really hasn't been that great either. But again, Najee, again, I'm sure, you know, Najee will, I think eventually Najee Harris will certainly right the ship. Certainly, for Pittsburgh, they have to get Najee. They've got to be able to run the football more. And you've got a talented man in Najee Harris. You certainly need to run the ball more. I get it. You know, I get it that you got a rookie quarterback down, Kenny Pickett, but you got to get Najee Harris involved. You've got to run the football, and Najee's your man. Now, I know you don't want Najee to have about 400 carries or something like that, some ridiculous amount of number. I get it. I understand that. you got a young man, Jalen Warren, who has come out of pretty much nowhere. He's been a pretty decent number two running back. Um, use him. Use Warren more. I mean, if you don't want to put all that pressure on Najee Harris, I get it. Najee's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. Use Najee in the passing game as well. Again, I'm sure Mike Tomlin and Mike Canada and the coaching staff is not listening to this podcast and they could care bleep and bleep less what I say or any expert out there, NFL expert out there, or you know, whatever the case might be. But again, if you're gonna if you're gonna make the offense better, yeah, if you want that Kenny be your quarterback, that's fine. But number one, you gotta realize you gotta get a running game going. Yeah, get Najee going. Yeah, get Warren involved. Get Najee involved in the passing game more. I get it. You've got you got three pretty decent receivers. Yeah, you got a quality tight end out there. Yeah, I mean, I get you've got that. The biggest thing is you're going to root for growing pains with a rookie quarterback. But from what I've seen in Kenny Pickett, he, he looks, he doesn't look that bad. And again, his growing pains, Kenny's got some mobility. Now, I think Mitchell Trubisky might be more mobile than Kenny Pickett, but Kenny can scramble. Kenny can, you know, can get you a few yards. But again, I guess the biggest thing is the offensive line. Again, that's been a big issue the last couple of years is that offensive line. And for Pittsburgh, that's something they've got to work on. They've got to do a better job as far as drafting offensive linemen, gamble in the free agency, get somebody in there. you got to work. If you got a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett moving forward in 2023, 2024 and so forth and so forth you've got talent you've got Pickett you've got Najee Harris you've got Jalen Warren you've got you know Claypool Deontay Johnson George Pickens you've got something you've got something on offense but your offensive line is a key and I've always told fantasy football owners the offensive line is a big key especially especially when it comes to running game but that's something you've got to work on again now defensively if you look at the defense side of the ball, I don't know what, you know, it's hard for me in Pittsburgh. I mean, in the past, I mean, sure, if T.J. Watt comes back, the pass rush will get better. It'll probably get better. I don't doubt that. But again, the biggest thing with the Steelers is the secondary, the back end. That has been the issue, is the back end to me. Other than maybe Mia Fitzpatrick as one of the top safeties in this league, he has been one of the better pickups that the Pittsburgh Steelers made when they got him from the Miami Dolphins. Miami misused him. Pittsburgh brought him in there. He's been gold ever since then. Other since, maybe other than him, it's just I've never been sold much on the secondary. 
And to me, that has to get straightened up. Whether you got to bring in a free agency, do better in the draft. That's the two spots is it's got to be the offensive line, the secondary. If you can somehow get that straight, Pittsburgh can get back, and Pittsburgh can get back to being the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, I know Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's going to go through a rough spell this year. That Mike Tomlin has not had, has never had a losing record since being coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's saying a lot. Mike has been to the playoffs. Mike has been to a Super Bowl. Mike does have it in his resume, and I'm sure, because like I said, Pittsburgh Steelers are not the type of team that gets rid of their coaches. I mean, you go from Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, to Mike Tomlin. Yeah, that's basically what you've done. So, again, Pittsburgh's not a type of team that's going to fire their coach in a snap of a finger. They have a lot of confidence in Mike Tomlin, and Tomlin has done has done a good job. Now, there has been rumors the last couple of years. I know that maybe Mike has kind of lost touch, you know, has kind of maybe lost touch of the locker room, so to speak. I know because everybody knows him with Antonio Brown and the Facebook thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean... Um, him and Big Ben have quietly, they've had their differences. I know they might not, neither one might not come out and say that, but they've had their differences. Um, certainly, uh, we all know about um, Bell and his situation a few years back with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Um, some people figure that Mike Tomlin has maybe lost touch and maybe he doesn't have the grip on the locker room that he once did. But again, you know, Mike, maybe that's something Mike Tomlin needs to get that grip on that locker room again. He needs to put fear in some of these players. Now, granted, again, you do have, I mean, again, you got guys like Haywood's there. Yeah, you've got guys like him, a veteran locker room. You know, T.J. Watt, again, a veteran locker room. Maybe these guys need to step up and hold these guys accountable. Maybe Mike Tomlin needs to get, you know, a little bit rougher. Now, granted, you still have some young players. I get it. Kenny, Nodges' second year, Warren, uh, Deontay, I believe he's like his third year. Claypool, I believe, is in his third year. And Claypool is known to be a little flamboyant. Pickens, he's in his first year. The tight end, I believe, is in second, his second and third year as well. Yeah, I get it. It's a young team. I get it. I understand that. Again, you got some uh, young defensive players. But again, you've got some veterans on, on that defense. Now, again, you have to wonder. I don't know if Pittsburgh can Pittsburgh write the ship this year. I don't know if Pittsburgh can write the ship this year. This could be one of those years where Mike Tomlin, I hate to say it, could very well have a losing record for the first time in his career. Again, we'll find out. We'll find out if Mike Tomlin can write the ship or not. Again, you're, you got the you got the Baltimore Ravens. You got an MVP candidate, Lamar Jackson, who's certainly playing out one Lamar. And again, the Ravens are getting. They seem like they're getting a little bit better and better health-wise. Uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins is back. The Ravens are getting better. The Bengals, the Bengals defense has played well. The offense, which is supposed to be a juggernaut, has not been the juggernaut everybody thought it was going to be. You know, Burroughs had his issues. Mixon has not got on track. Uh, Jamar Chase has been okay, but he hasn't. People have not let Jamar Chase beat him deep. T. Higgins has gotten off to a decent start, but he's got an ankle issue. He's day-to-day. You still got Tyler Boyd. Hayden Hurst is a decent tight end. It's not that the Bengals don't have talent on the offensive side of the ball. They do, but they have not let the world on fire. The Cleveland Browns, now I get it. Cleveland's, Cleveland's offense, 
has been okay. The defense has been a disappointment. The defense has got talent, but it, the talent has not lived up has not lived up at all whatsoever. Now you know Jacoby Brissett has has done an okay job, but again everybody wonders if he's just keeping the ship steady as much as they can until Deshaun Watson comes back. Which again, Deshaun's only played what has not played in almost two years. I love the running game. Sheldon Hunt, maybe the best one-two punch in this league. I know Green Bay Packer fans might might get on my case because some may think A.J. Dillon or maybe Aaron Jones, maybe Cowboy fans think that Zeke and Tony Pollard could be the case. But again, this is probably the best one-two punch in the NFL right now, these two gentlemen. Cooper, man, honestly, Cooper has picked up his game the last couple of weeks. Uh, Cooper is one of the more underrated receivers in this game. But again, the number two spot, now, David Nanook, the last couple of weeks, he's picked up his game, and he has proved to be the last couple of weeks that his that the Browns paid him well. And the tight end that was at one point in time on the bubble of getting traded was it last offseason, I think, last year, and he was on the bubble of getting traded. Again, these are situations that are they've got it, yeah. But again, with Pittsburgh, can Pittsburgh, you know, will Pittsburgh be able to write the ship? Uh, you know, I don't know. As of right now, Baltimore, to me, I've always said, would win this division. I've said Cincinnati would finish second, and they would be out. Yeah, I figured they would be, they would not make the playoffs. I figured I had Cleveland third. I had actually Pittsburgh maybe third and Cleveland in the summer. But for right now, with Pittsburgh, I know Mike Thomas is, again, one of the better coaches in the league, one of the more standard coaches in the league, but for Mike Thomas, it's going to be a long, I got a feeling it's going to be a long, long year. Now, not saying Mike cannot write the ship. He can. He's got the capability. He's got, he's got the capability of doing so, certainly without a doubt. But for them, but for this, for this, this might be one of those years where Pittsburgh might have to bite the bullet, stick with my man, stick with uh, Kenny Pickett, and see, yeah, and... See as the year goes on, can can Kenny you know, improve? But again, for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, two things: get the offensive line fixed, and get a, and get a secondary. And while you're at it, maybe you got to throw in an extra pass rusher. And again, look at an extra pass rusher. I know you got you got T.J. Watt, but get an extra pass, get an extra pass rusher, get an extra linebacker as well. Work on that. If you can do if you can do that stuff, yeah, then you'll be back in contention in no time. But for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and I know a couple, and I do know some friends of mine that are, are Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what I'm just saying is, tell them like it is, don't get me wrong, I, like, I got a lot of respect for Pittsburgh and what they've done. They're one of the better franchise in, in the NFL. There's no, there's, no, there's no denying that. And the Rooneys are, are great people. But the bottom line is, you know, bottom line is, what I'm saying is this, this could be a long, could be a long year the Pittsburgh Steelers faithful and their fans. Now let's talk about, let's bring up the next subject and let's talk about the, I guess the Chiefs and Raiders a little bit from last night. Not so much the game, but I guess the after the game, let's talk about that. Um, with Devontae Adams, after a, a tough, tough loss between the, uh, before the, for the Raiders, um, I know a lot of people question Josh Vance of going for it in that two-point conversion. To try to win the game, but they didn't, you know, didn't do so, or take the lead, or you know, try to win the game, take the lead, whatever the case might have been. Um, after the game, I think Devontae Adams was going. 
I don't know, through a tunnel, and I think it was a cameraman, the word on the street is that he knocked over, um, and I think, uh, you know, Devontae had later on apologized, apologized, um, for what he did, that he ran the guy, ran the guy over, or knocked him down, or where the case might be, and again, I think Devontae pretty much came out and said, hey, he was frustrated with the loss, the Raiders gotten off to a slow start, and a lot of people actually predicted the Raiders to be a possible wild card team with with heading a Devontae Adams, you know, to the to the team. Now, I don't know the I don't know the full story of the whole situation. I mean, you get bits and pieces. You know, I read stuff. Uh, I've read mostly ESPN is where I've got most of my information from. I will admit, um, and I'm sure that. And from the Devontae Adams' perspective is this. Um, the guy was a cameraman, and to be honest with you, when you take a hard loss like that, at first you don't want to talk to anybody. You're coming off the field. You don't want to talk to nobody at all whatsoever. You took a tough loss. Now, now whether the cameraman got pretty much right in Devontae's face, Devontae got mad, was just all upset the loss and you know the heat of the moment type of thing and he maybe just pushed him and the guy fell to the ground now i can probably believe that scenario now now i've never i i, I don't know Devonte is considered much of a hothead um a hothead at least i don't recall a lot of those instances in green bay i don't really consider that a lot but again in green bay how many times did Green Bay get off to that bad of a start, really, if you think about it, and you had, you know, not all, not too often, I would think. Like I said, Devontae left Green Bay, got the big bucks to come to, to Vegas to get back with his college, you know, his college buddy, Derek Carr. Now, again, again, it's 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 a tale of two two things if you get right down to it. I've never been a big fan of the media when they'll get in somebody's face after you come off the field, you know, come all out the field, and the person gets a, you know, tough loss. To me, I know it's the the player, coach, you know, I'm sure is when they get, when they take a tough loss, nobody wants to talk to the media right away. They want to walk off the field, you know, go back to the locker room, blow off a little steam, talk to the team. And then you do, yeah, then you do your media, then you do your media session. But of course, you know, that's, but again, that's life. Whether you're a sports, you know, whether you're in sports, you're a musician, an actor, actress, again, you know, whatever the case is, as far as those, as those things are concerned, yeah, you get, yeah, you're, you're in, you're in the public eye. And I'm sure with Devontae, with you making, I think it's the second most money as far as the wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, I think Tyreek Hill, I believe, is number one. But again, you know, when you make that money, and it's like, you know, Devontae caught with three or four balls last last night, but two of them, two of them were for touchdowns, right? You know, it's not like it's not like Devontae Adams didn't come in and he didn't. Now Devontae has played, has played, has played, you know, has played fairly well. There have been some games that Devontae might have been, uh-uh. but Devontae's come in and he's he's done okay for himself. Josh Jacobs has been, you know, Josh Jacobs has 
played well the last couple of weeks and has played well the last couple of weeks and he seems to be the bell cow. So I, the, the thing with the Raiders' struggles are simply this. It's not Devontae Adams. It, it's really not. Um, to be honest with you, the receiving core, other than Devontae, has not really stepped up. Hunter Renfro, you really haven't heard much about Hunter Renfro this year. He just came back from a concussion. Uh, Darren Waller, Darren Waller had maybe one good game, but he has not stepped up. He has a hamstring issue, but of course, Raiders are on a bye this week, and hopefully Waller will be back with the hamstring injury in a couple of weeks to play the Texans. But back to the back to the point at hand here is this: I don't. It's you know the thing is with the media is sometimes you kind of wish media would give the players that extra half hour, 45 minutes, whatever they give them, or so, maybe an hour, I don't know. Whatever they give them, you kind of wonder, the players probably will still be ticked off, but at least they go, you know, go blow off some steam, um, take a shower, and yes, they got to they do the media thing, because again, if you don't get, if you don't do the media thing, what is, uh, what is Marshawn Lynch once say? Hey, I'm just here, yeah, I'm just here. Or however Marshawn Lynch said it. But, the thing is now again I get you know again again the cameraman is doing again I get the point is where the cameraman is doing his job and Devontae was upset because they had a tough loss and it was a tough loss and I don't think Devontae wanted to hear from anybody or everybody. Um I know Joshua Davis's coach doesn't know the whole story of the whole situation. I believe he has come out in the media and said that and again um I think you know Devontae Came out and apologized. Um, I think with the Kansas City, I don't know the Kansas City police. I believe they were they might look into it. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I have to go back and read the story. Um, I think the cameraman did did go to the emergency room on his own, on his own, on his own. I don't think he took an ambulance ride. He went to his own his own free will, and he got you know he got he got checked out. Now. There is Devontae. I'm sure Devontae will probably get a fine. There's a possible, there's a, a rumor going he could get suspended, maybe a game or so. I don't know what it is for what he did. Now, again, you know, again, it's it's you get both sides of the story, and I kind of understand both sides of the story on this. Um, to me, it's not. I know as you get sometimes in life, as you get older, you grow more wiser you most you know you, you try to you, most people when you get older they go wise you get wiser and then some people you go to that stage where maybe you get wiser and then all of a sudden that grumpy old person creeps in um creeps in um i like to think me on a personal level i think i've gotten a little bit more i wouldn't say that i've gotten wiser i don't want to use that word i don't want to use that but i think i've got more Let's say level-headed, if, if I can use that term. I like to think as time goes on, of course, I'm 53 years old, and I like to think that um, I've got maybe slightly more level-headed come along with the times. And I know a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, older people, they are kind of stuck in their ways. They can't, you know, look beyond, beyond things. They don't because they're stuck in their ways. And... And sometimes it's actually a bad thing and not really a good thing. I know a lot of people don't like changes. And I'll be honest with you, there's times I don't like changes, but there's times I can roll the punches as well. 
but for Don Devonte, the Devonte, I think Devonte's what twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Yeah, you know, granted, you know, even at the time goes on, Devonte, I know was was ticked off. He was upset because of the hard loss, but I think you know Devonte. I don't know Devonte. The situation was trying to bob and weave through the cameraman, and he might not have came man over by mistake. I mean, that could be a possibility, but I guess, you know, that could be a case as well. But again, I think with the media, again, I kind of, there's times where the media has got to do their job. It's like when after a, after a win or a loss, they always catch the coach, the quarterback, or whatever play had the blockbuster game. They always get him coming off. You always get him on TV, who's ever conducting the interview. You know, hey, what you think about the, you know, the winner, especially how you th- how you think about the game, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times you don't really talk to the loser so much. You talk to the winner, the winner an awful lot. But the thing is with Devontae, I'm sure Devontae was ticked off. He was upset. It was a tight game, close game, a game that maybe the Raiders could have won. Of course, if Travis Kelsey, they did a pretty good job on Travis Kelsey. He caught him seven balls for 40-some yards passing. But again, four touchdowns kind of makes a difference, right? And again, with Devontae, I certainly hope that Devontae, you know, certainly, you know, with Devontae, um, he did apologize, apologize to the guy. Now, maybe not in person, but I think he tweeted it out, or he might have tweeted it out. I believe he tweeted out and also said it in, in an interview. Um, but again, I'm sure something will come down off of that ramifications. He'll probably get a nice little fine. A suspension, I don't know. That's been rumored. Whether he gets out or not, I do not know. Now, if he does get a suspension, that could hurt the Raiders, at least for me. If it's a, if it's a game or two, I don't know. I'm sure more will come out about that as time goes on, I'm sure. Um, now, again, like I said, the Raiders are on a bye this week. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels and the coaching staff will have to sit down and do some long and hard, you know, long thinking about how to, you know, get the team, get the team, you know, back and rolling once again. But for Devontae, you know, I'm sure, like I said, with Devontae, he's got to, he's got, he's got to kind of understand, you know, the media is like that. I think he should have known, he should have known better, and I think he should have tried his best to avoid that situation. And as older you get, you need to be more, I guess, level-headed and more understanding. Now, you know, for the, you know, for the cameraman, yeah, I get it. He was doing his job. But again, that situation, again, that situation, I'm certainly the wrong place, wrong time type of thing. But again, it's, you know, again, the cameraman's doing his job. Devontae probably should have known that. And, you know, I guess Cooler Heads did not prevail in that situation. And Devontae knocked, you know, knocked the guy over, went on, you know, went on to the locker room. But again, again, you would think as time goes on, you would get, what's the word I'm looking at? As time goes on, you see, you should be able to get better about, about things. Which is in, in life, you know, life throws you, you know, what's that expression? When life throws you lemons, you make lemonade, something, something along those lines. I think, you know, Devontae, he should have, I think, used better judgment. He didn't in this situation. And for Devontae, it's going to come back to bite in the butt. It might come back to bite the Raiders in the butt as well. 
since we are talking about the Raiders itself, let's talk. Let's stay on the subject. Let's talk about the Raiders. A tough loss to the Chiefs. A game that they probably should have won. Um, again, in, they ran the ball very well. Uh, Josh Jacobs has looked exceptional the last couple of weeks, and. I mean, and Josh Jacobs is uh, on the last year of his rookie contract, and I believe he is trying to play his way to getting a a new contract from the Raiders. Um, and Josh has played well. I mean, he's been the bell cow. He's been the big man. I mean, there was everybody thought that Zaire White was going to come in. He was going to be the the man to take Josh Jacobs' job. We haven't heard much about Zaire White or any other running back, but Josh Jacobs. And to me, that's not a surprise. Josh has been a pretty solid pro since he's been in the league. He's been hit with some injuries the last couple of years, but he's been a solid pro for the Raiders. Um, the offensive line, the offensive line is has ups and downs. It's not the greatest offensive line in the world. It still needs a little bit of work. You went out, you got Devontae Adams. He was gonna be the he was gonna he was gonna be the number one he was gonna be the weapon that you needed, the guy to take you over the top offensively. You still got Hunter Renfro, Hunter's haven't heard too much about him. Darren Wall, he's had one good game, but he's kind of struggled a little bit. He's got a new contract. They're still looking for that number three receiver um, as well. I know Mac Holland's had, a pretty, had one good game, but he has to be consistent. They got to consistently find that number three receiver. The biggest problem I always thought the Raiders was it wasn't going to be the offense. It was going to be the defense. I know you got Crosby. I get it. You went out and got Chandler Jones, and I get that too. You went out and you figured, okay, let me get a pass rush. I got to rush Patrick Mahomes. Now there were times where they were able to get to Patrick Mahomes last, you know, last night. Um, Crosby, I think, had a couple a couple sacks, I believe. So they were able to get to Patrick Mahomes a little bit, and they don't have to deal with Tyreek Hill that division anymore as well. And Derek Carr did play a pretty decent game against against the Chiefs. There's no argument that they were able to move the ball. Obviously, Josh Jacobs had a good game. Uh, Devontae Adams had two long touchdowns. Um, it seems it, it you know it seems to be the case. Offensively, doesn't seem to be the issue. Uh, the offensive line to me still needs a little bit of work. Still needs to protect Derek Carr more. Obviously, the last couple of weeks they seem to run the, the run game seems to be fine. They seem to be able to do a nice little run blocking job. But I still have the doubts about the pass blocking. Uh, Hunter Renfro needs to be the guy that caught 100 balls last year. Darren Waller needs to prove that he is a top five tight end in this league. Um, I know that Derek Carr wants to get Devontae Adams and Buddy the ball as much as possible. Get it, understand it. But again, again, he's got to he's got to get the ball more into Renfro's hands. Get the ball into more Waller's hands because again, everybody's gonna look for Devontae Adams to get the ball every single time. And that was kind of a thing with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knew that he was going to Devontae Adams a whole bunch. But again, the Raiders have a little bit more talent as far as Renfro and Waller. Yeah. Yeah, than the Packers do. Again, that's something that has to be has to be looked upon. But the defense has always been a concern with me about the Raiders. You might have a couple of pass rushers, but the problem is after that, the secondary is not. It's secondary has, has has been a bad has been a bad spot. The linebacking core has had its issues as well. Again, the defense is what's going to hold is what's going to hold them back. Now, next to maybe Justin Tucker, Daniel Carlson could be the next could be the second best kicker in all of football behind Justin Tucker. 
I'm sure I, I'm sure people will give me an opinion off of that, but the last couple, the last few years, Carlton's been one of the better kickers in the league. Again, that don't seem to be an issue. But again, for the Raiders, I think for them to contend, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. The defense is gonna have to improve. Now that's the one thing about the Chiefs. The Chiefs did a, the Chiefs. What's the thing about the Chiefs? The Chiefs did a pretty good job. As trying, as trying to make the defense a little bit better. There was a couple of, in preseason, the Chiefs defense got better. It's gotten a little bit better in the regular season. The Raiders, that's something they need to, they need to improve on as a defense. That's something that's got to be worked on. Now, I don't know if it can be improved this year or not. I'm not sure. Offensively, the only thing I can say about the offensive ball, a little bit better protection for Derek Carr and get Renfro, get Waller, get somebody else more involved in the game. You got Jacobs, you got Adams. I'm with you on that. That's great. That's fine. That's wonderful. But the bottom line is, get somebody else involved. Don't let the yeah don't yeah don't fall into the Aaron Rodgers trap, and just go go Devontae Adams right and left. Get Renfro. The guy caught 100 balls last year without Devontae Adams there. Get him the ball. Waller's still a top five tight in this league. Get him the ball more. Yeah, I mean Waller just got a new contract. You know this uh this off season. Get him the ball more. I know you want to find your third receiver, whether it's, whether it's Mac Hollins or somebody else. Get somebody else involved in it. And that's the thing. Just get somebody else involved involved more than Devontae Adams. Basically, bottom line. I don't have a problem with Derek Carr. Derek Carr does have his ups and downs, but I can but I can but I can live with Derek Carr. Jacobs is playing well this year. Honestly, it's maybe a thousand yard year if he stays healthy. But again, my thing with the offense, get somebody else the ball more than, than Devontae Adams. Do that. And for anybody, yeah, and the defense, there's, I don't know if you can get the defense to be any better, but I think that's the issue with the Raiders. The defense is an issue, and get somebody else the ball. But for Raiders, I know they look like world beaters in the preseason, but now here comes regular season, and the defense is showing itself. The defense is showing that it hasn't really improved that much. And that's something that Josh Josh McDaniels and the new and the, and the, and the new GM Ziegler are gonna have to certainly figure out as time goes, they're gonna have to figure that deep that defensive side of the ball. Josh has been a head coach in this league before for the Denver Broncos. He failed his first time around. I like to think that Josh has certainly learned something from the first from the first time with Denver and he should he probably he, he's bound to have learned something under under the learning tree of Bill Belichick, but for right now, McDaniel's and company they got some, they got they got they got they got to work on they got a lot of work to do, and maybe maybe with this um, bye week maybe come at the right time. I know some people like to have a bye week mid season a little bit later on the season to get yourself to get yourself ready for teams that probably might have a legitimate playoff shot. But for right now, that's something Josh that's something that Josh McDaniel's and the staff are going to have to sit down. This might be the best time for the bye week to come. Maybe they can maybe they can figure out a way to get, you know, to get the defense better, to get all the people the ball more. But that's something they're going to have to work on. Because to be honest with you, they're not they get they're not as they're not as good as the Chiefs right now. Um, I'm not saying that there's not a possibility they could get back into the playoffs. The AFC to me is a wide open thing. But again, they got a lot of work to do. And they gotta get on the ball like, like, like a snap of a finger. They gotta get on the ball. And they gotta start working on it here, here and now. Or if not, 
again, the Raiders are going to be sitting home again this year. And again, who knows? I'm sure Josh will get it probably another year or two to see if he can straighten out the ship, right the ship with the Raiders. But again, I'm just telling you that's what has to happen. That's all the time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Take care. See you again soon.